Hey everybody, this is Richard and we have Jorge Estrada. How are you doing, Jorge? I'm doing well, thank you. And today is a great pleasure to have on our show the great Ryan Brewer, um, life coach, health and wellness coach. Uh, I work with him at Oak Fitness in Beverly Hills and uh, he gonna, he's going to give us his take on what it takes to motivate people and what it takes to get started. Uh, and that's pretty much it. I'm going to let him do the talk and let him introduce himself and where he can be found and what does he do. What's going on, Ryan? Thank you. Thank you, Richard. The, the great Ryan Brewer. Wow, that's, <laughs> that's, that's nice to hear. Um, I'm doing really well. And um, as far as what I do, um, that was a nice little synopsis. What I do kind of depends on the day. Uh, you know, started off in personal training and still do that several times a week. Uh, but I'm also a uh, psychotherapist and uh, have done spiritual counseling in the past. I have a master's in spiritual psychology and a master's from Pacifica in counseling psychology. So uh, I wear a bunch of different hats. <laughs> wow. Uh, but I but I love it, you know, because it, it's all it's all the same thing, just kind of coming at it from different angles. Right. It's all, all about living well and um, being in your purpose and living a full life. And, um, you know, sometimes you have to take different avenues to to get there. OK, so you say living in your purpose. What do you mean by living in your purpose? Well, I guess I should back up and say, you know, in, in as far as like for me, you know, I. I I like to practice what I preach. And for me, you know, living a, a fulfilling life uh, requires certain foundations to address first and foremost. And, you know, working with my therapist, it's, it really helped me because I would often go in to see him and, you know, I'd be struggling with a certain problem. And, and he'd always stop the conversation and just, address these four basic things first which were like okay how is your sleep you know that's the first one uh second how's your nutrition how is your exercise and how are your interpersonal relationships and for him it was like before addressing anything else you know trying to tackle any problems in your life you got to make sure you got the, that strong foundation first and it was amazing to focus on those things just in myself because it's really easy to let your mind run away with you and get focused on a problem that has to be addressed and you're not really taking care of yourself. And just getting, you know, as a personal trainer, uh, it, it's we all know that it's fundamental to get proper nutrition, to sleep, and uh, to be exercising. And uh, on top of that, making sure you're keeping up on interpersonal relationships. And what, that, what I mean by that is being in connection with the people that fill you up, you know, your partner, friends, family. I mean, we are social creatures and we depend on other people in order to um, be well and it's really easy in today's society to get isolated. And so focusing on those relationships is another really key fundamental 
uh, part of wellness. So that's that's pretty much where I start before I do anything else. Um, does that make sense to you all? Oh, yeah. It was wonderful that you touched on the interpersonal because I remember I was having a conversation with Richard about uh, uh, different communities. You know, but I, I like to study different environments, especially uh, um, over the world. So I was looking at like an Italian community, the yeah. Asian community, and a lot of the, you know, they, there are slight deviations, but you you touched a lot on what their biggest thing was, and I, I was looking at it from the from the perspective of where are the most, uh, how do they call it, people who are over 100 or 100 years old? Yeah, centurions? Yes, centurions, or, or, yes. Or, or centurions? Something like that. You're old. <laughs> Something with sense in it. No, not old, but you're just, you just live in life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and the, some of the, there's the, the key components that they touched on was how they ate, what they ate, how they utilize their foods within the community. So that whole community, like you were touching on interpersonal relationship was really high activity and or exercise, yeah. whether it was martial arts or just moving um, and yeah. just resting. And it was really interesting that you were touching or you had shared with uh, us about the, the four, I guess you could say pillars or the four components, which mm -hmm. were the sleep, nutrition, exercise, and interpersonal. And those yeah. were the very common threads that I found amongst the centurions or <laughs> center. Those old folks. <laughs> the old, yes. They don't, they don't um, think of themselves so, as old. They think, no, they think they're just no. beginning. <laughs> yeah, and they play. They play a lot. And that's the thing. They have so much fun. And like you said, it really is about the relationships you have because we are, you know, we are we feed on it. We are a community yeah. to isolate yourself. You become this, you, you, it's like shriveling away. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we are uh, a tribal um, species and yet we, we live such isolated lives. I think now more than ever, we're, we're living in a time where people are so incredibly isolated and it really goes against our basic nature. So it, it behooves us to make the extra effort to, make plans with our friends and family and having that quality time to bond and reflect and to share our joys and our sorrows. I mean, it is uh, absolutely essential. No man is uh, an island. Yeah. You know, I read actually the Time article and they talked about the people that lived over 100 and the, the, the biggest concentration of these people that lived over 100 and Sardin Sardina, I think that's the way you pronounce it, Italy, mm, is one of these yes. communities. And when the people become older, they're not isolated from the community. They, they're, they're, they're considered like the wise people in the community. So they're the ones that mm. are actually teaching the younger generations how to live a, a proper life or not even how to properly just guide them in life in general. And in so much in our society, especially in a big city like Los Angeles, when you get past a certain age, they just, you get cast away. And, um, yeah. And, um, if you have a client like 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 that, Ryan, how would you help make that person feel wanted or make that person feel important again? Because we don't, unfortunately, in a, in a lot of our big cities in the United States, we don't have that infrastructure where people over a certain age can have that 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 community um, that community reciprocity of, of love and and, 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 and and wisdom sharing. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It you're absolutely right that our, our culture doesn't value our elders um, 
like other cultures and perhaps even our own ancestors. And yeah, as far as your question goes, if I had a client, um, um, I assume you mean like a, a psychotherapy client coming in um, with feelings of depression or isolation or whatever it is. It's like first and foremost, just connecting with that person and seeing what their life is like through their eyes. You know, so much of the work in psychotherapy, at least from my perspective, is not about fixing anybody. Um, First of all, that assumes that they're broken to begin with. But, you know, it's really about just being with another person. And can you see what they are going through? Can you really connect with them? Can you empathize with what that person in front of you is going through? You know, and so if a, a, a senior came to me and said, I'm experiencing, you know, these He's feeling, I'm sad, I'm isolated, blah, 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 blah. Well, first of all, I would have to admit, gosh, you know, what, first of all, what is it like sitting in front of someone who's 42 years old and talking about these, these issues that are so closely related to your stage in life? You know, what is that like for you? You know, and, and that can open up a different conversation. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's nice that you're listening, but yeah, I, I imagine you don't know what I'm going through. Um, so it just becomes this conversation where you get to find an opening to connect with, with the other. And um, all that aside, I'd say, you know, just listening to their stories. You know, um, our elders have lived much longer than we have and have experienced so much more and and they have a perspective and just listening just connecting with what's important in their life what has been important in their life i love how you touched on the listening because you know as a practitioner of movement as of rehab um, even therapy, it, it's a matter of, and, and you, you, I loved how you touched on people come to you, even though they perceive themselves as broken, but they're really not broken. Um, right, it's right. just, it's just a matter of guidance, right? If yes. you will. And I loved how you talked about listening and perspective and putting yourself in their shoes. Cause a lot of the times we like to impose our opinion upon others rather than share an idea with them and then allow them the opportunity to create their own um, solutions per se uh, by guiding them through this, this journey. But again, by listening and it's a skill that a lot of people forget and it is so useful in the sense of, if you make a comment and just be still or quiet and like you said, empathetic and just are there with them, it's amazing what will be revealed to you. And it's amazing what also comes to you as a practitioner of ideas rather than trying to say, well, I have a solution. You're still, your own stillness creates, uh, I guess you could say, as Richard would say, here, here's a little foo-foo-ish um, kind of thing, like a pull for, for concepts or, or for perspectives. 
something that which you might have never grasped before as as the the uh, I guess the the practitioner because um, I notice like if you come in and say this is the only way to do it then you're stuck there as a practitioner as opposed to if you come in listen and then you go oh I didn't even think about this as being a possibility as well and and rather than imposing my own personal opinion because it worked for me let's figure out what works for this individual. Yeah, and, and what I heard and what you just said, Jorge, is that people become more receptive to guidance and maybe even advice or suggestions if first you can listen and you can put yourself in their shoes and you can empathize first without the, any agenda, without trying to change them, without trying to impose your ideas on them. You know, by really understanding, it creates an opening. Right. A mentor of mine had made this comment uh, when I was getting into the therapeutic side, the rehabilitation side of uh, training. And he said, we don't heal people. We're given permission by the person to allow us to share concepts. They heal themselves. Mm, yeah. And it was very fascinating. That's where this whole concept of listening comes in. Or being patient, don't presume. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah one of my mentors at uh, Pacifica said, you know, what if he was to describe what he does for a living as a psychotherapist, he would say, um, day after day, people try to give their power to me, and all I do is I give it back. I love that. Yeah. And do you guys think this sounds like a little bit of hippy dippy, as I would say, uh, Jorge? <laughs> that's what it is. It's, it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's kind of more like. Well, a e- that, that's my wheelhouse, Richard. I don't know if you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, you, you know, I'm all about the hippy dippiness. But, you know, it, it's kind of more like an Eastern philosophy, whereas we're just kind of like a point of inspiration where we l- allow people to bring them their own self into balance so they can heal themselves. And um, instead of we trying to give them some type of medication or some type of cure, instead the cure is within, and all we all we all we want to do is provide a point of inspiration for them. Is is that is that pretty much what you're saying, Ryan? Yeah, I, it, it is. And you know, to elaborate on that, you know, our our culture is highly fixated on a this medical model of wellness. Um, could it be based on could it be based on that instant gratification? Yeah, sure. I, I, I definitely think that that plays into it. Um, you know, our, our our Western rational culture has has dominated for for quite some time. And you know, like science is the ultimate religion, it seems, these days. And the uh, standard protocol for someone that is experiencing illness is to go to a professional and, you know, medical doctor and, okay, how do you fix me? Is something wrong and how do you fix it? And that's wonderful. I mean, God God bless the medical profession. I mean, uh, a lot of us wouldn't be here without it. Uh, And when we start getting into other areas, uh, especially the mental, emotional, spiritual wellness, 
that's where I feel the Western model starts to break down, where the, the medical model of, okay, I'm, I have depression, you know, how do, how do you, how do you fix this? I have, I've experienced melancholy, I've experienced anxiety, you know, fix it. And I can understand that need and that want, you know, because we don't want to feel these things. But it may not be the end-all, be-all for the solution. I like how you touched on, and you said it several times, fix it. And yeah. it goes back into that whole, again, from my perspective, my philosophy, my opinion is there's nothing that needs to be fixed as per se, but more or less redirected. Yeah, I like that. And, you know, this whole thing of I need this because, and, and, and you touched on it, on the what is wrong with me? And that is such an interesting, many years ago, uh, a mentor of mine said, look, these two things mean the same thing, but they're said very differently. And he said, one will say, what's wrong with me as something needs to be fixed? And the other will say, what's troubling me, which are very different. Mm-hmm. But 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 language wise, they were you know used to mean the same thing. But in one scenario, it's like there is something wrong, like I have a yeah. problem as opposed to what's in this what's in my you know again what's troubling what's 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 not in alignment with me what's not moving with me um because i i definitely agree in the in that sense in the western especially that we have this we're told that if this isn't it then something's wrong with you it's like wow that's so that's such a heavy burden to carry (laughs) it's a bummer it's a real bummer thinking that there is something wrong with you. And I think that's a really deep core fear that so many of us have, you know, um, I'm broken in some way and therefore unlovable and will be alone. And, you know, it, it kind of snowballs from there. Wow. That's, that's really deep. And you, I mean, unlovable, that's, I mean, what do you say to somebody that, that has that feeling, Ryan, that they're, that they're unlovable? I mean, besides listening to them, is there any way that you can help guide them or just, I know you have to take it in, but that's deep. That's a, that's a core belief that a lot of people have out there this, these days, that they're, yeah. that, that they're unlovable. Yeah. And if you don't have love, you know, it's hard for people to go on. It's the, where's the motivation? I gotta tell you, it's really interesting. Um, it is such a natural impulse to want to pull someone out of that and to try to convince them that they are not broken, that they are lovable, right? I mean, that's the first mm-hmm. thing we go to. Someone says like, oh, I'm unlovable. It's like, oh my gosh, what are you talking about? No, you're not. And here are the reasons why. Trying to save them. <laughs> and, you know, and yeah. And, and sometimes that can go over great. You know, sometimes we need a pep talk and a change of perspective and, Oh gosh, thanks for helping me get out of that. But in my experience, more often than not, it's not very effective. In fact, in the world of psychotherapy, when someone comes in for a session and if they get going on a track like that, I am, you know, I am unlovable and here are the reasons why 
if I come in and I try to chip away at their argument, um, I generally get more and more resistance. The mm. person dig their heels in deeper and deeper. Have, Interesting. But no, you can't possibly, you, you know, you don't know about this and you don't know about this. And, and then what about this thing? And, oh, well, if that were true, then, you know, because essentially what I would be doing if I start chipping away is I'm not hearing them. I'm saying what you're saying is not valid. And here is the correct way to look at things. And, and it just really isn't very effective. And so what I found with people is like, wow, gosh, how long have you felt this way? That sounds really tough. That sounds really lonely. How have you, how have you, um, survived thus far how do you keep going what is it in the, in you that allows you to deal with this you know what's beautiful one is you you're giving them back the power based on your questions and two indirectly you're showing them that they are strong by the way you're putting those questions i just noticed how are you it's like you're in awe of their ability to be able to do it and that's just that's 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 i that's incredible does that make sense? Uh, it sure does. And, and thanks for noticing that. I mean, uh, when, the more you can sit with people's pain, the more you realize how amazing people are, how um, resilient people are, even when they've, they've experienced all these different symptoms. It's like, wow, based on what you have shared with me, uh, what you've gone through, I it's it's amazing. It makes sense to me that you'd feel this way. And I'm just like in awe that you've kept going. Gosh, you, you felt unlovable all this time. Like what what keeps you going? Why? And you're here. You're here in front of me. What is it in you that that allows you to do that? I love that. I love how you're you're bringing them back up. You're not you're, you're not trying to fix them. You're just just give, no. give them a little bit of push of encouragement and, 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 and give and showing them the bright side and showing them a positive aspect of their struggle even. Yeah, and, and, and you know, that I guess that could be considered a strength-based approach. Um, and then other times it's, it's like, can I tolerate not trying to change it or find a silver lining? Can I actually just sit with another person who's in a space that, you know, it, it's like me me letting go of my judgment of suffering. Mm. Does that make sense? That's very deep. Oh, yeah. That's very deep. Yep. Right. I mean, and this is why, you know, Ram Dass is one of my great teachers uh, in that he says, you know, suffering is grace. And it's it's you can't say that to someone when they're suffering because that would be callous. <laughs> right. But holding that inside yourself that, you know, Yes, this is so hard to see another person suffering. And at the same time, can I tolerate it? Because they are living with it every day. Can I tolerate it for this hour and not try to fix it? Can I just be there with them? Even when they're asking me directly, like, what do I do? I can still sit there and say, like, wow, 
I, 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 yeah, I can, I really hear you want me to help you because how long have you been experiencing this? And gosh, just, just hearing it for the last hour, I can feel the gravity of that. Wow. And just be there in that space with that person. It's, um, it's a really distinct difference of working with people that it's a little bit more of like the feminine versus masculine approach. You know, the masculine is much more associated, and I'm talking about masculine energies, not necessarily, you know, typology of human beings, but like masculine energy is all about doing, right? It's, it's, right. it's, it's an active energy. And feminine energy is a little bit more of the being, beingness and nurturing. And at least in my practice with people, certainly there's a time where it's like people can need concrete suggestions. Hey, um, you know, here are some meditation techniques. Hey, have you been keeping up on your exercise? That sort of stuff. But for the most part, I found that more feminine approach of beingness, like can I be in a state of loving this person no matter what they are going through, no matter how it may seem to me? Can I find something in them to love? And just, if I just did that and nothing else, that session will go well. Wow. When I come out the other way, I'm thinking like, man, I want to be, I want to be good here. I want them to get their money's worth. I want to, right. you know, I want them to leave here with that nugget today that I said that they could tell their friends. It's like, it, it, oftentimes I hit resistance. Oftentimes I'm feeling frustrated. Uh, I'm getting irritated with them and with their resistance. It's, it's really interesting. And when I feel that inside me, I, I start to think like, oh, I'm doing it. Back off, back off, back off. Go back to the, go back to the basics. And for me, the basics is always just like, start with loving them. Love them, hear them, listen. It's so funny how you were talking about, the, you know, I want them to leave with a nugget. And it goes yeah. back to, I, and I get it in the sense of now it's about me. Absolutely. It's no longer about the person. Yes, I want them to benefit from it, but I'm more concerned about the outcome Absolutely. rather than the process of working with them and letting them reveal to me what they're capable of. Again, it's, I love that. I love that. Yes. Yes. Um, several of my, my teachers um, gave this great uh, acronym of WAIT. When you're in a session with someone, wait, and it stands for why am I talking? <laughs> oh, I love talking. <laughs> I love that. So it's the word wait. Why am I talking? I love that. I love it. It's it's right because oh, I you know I just want them to hear this bit of wisdom that I have for them, mm -hmm. or oh, I want to do, 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 do whatever it is. And if you could just wait for a second and think. Is what I have to say going to greatly improve upon the silence? Oh, I like that. <laughs> I like that. Is what I have to say going to greatly improve upon the silence? That's, wow. Yeah, I got that from um, yoga instructor Max Strom. He, he used to talk about that all the time. Say, before you say anything, you know, ask yourself, is this going to greatly improve upon the silence? It's like, wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. 
That's that's deep, guys. That's deep. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so I have one question for you, uh, Ryan. Yeah, sure. I guess we can't we can't be silent at the end of our podcast. It doesn't really work for podcast. <laughs> but if you have if you have a nugget, just one nugget in your pocket, or a couple nuggets in your pocket for somebody that's out there that's kind of you know feeling a little bit despair, you know, not in line with their uh, with their fitness. With, with their health and wellness when it comes to nutrition also, what would, what, what, what couple of nuggets would you give them in a podcast <laughs> that help, help push them along the way? Or just to get them started. Um, that's, that's what this whole podcast yes. is about, just getting started. Absolutely. And, you know, being in the world, we actually have to do things and we can't just um, – we can't just be in that lovely, loving, spiritual place of uh, beingness and non-doing. So you're saying, I get that. So you're saying Lao, Lao, Lao Tzu was wrong? I've been listening to Lao Tzu all, all day. <laughs> no. Yeah, well, I'm you know, also saying that you know, action is appropriate and, and necessary as you know, being, my belief is you know, being a spiritual being and having a human experience. Human experience is all about being of the material world and action. And so for people that are just getting started, uh, we learned at, at USM, the center where I got the Masters of Spiritual Psychology, we talked about three foot tosses. Um, we, and, and if we have time, I can give you a little background on where that, that phrase came from. Do we have a we got, couple more minutes? We got minutes? a couple more minutes. Give it, give it to us. So we did this exercise in class where uh, they set up a, a bean toss game, you know, where you got to throw it through the little hoop or whatever. And there were targets set up at three feet, six feet, nine feet, and going on and on and on until three feet. And at three feet, you'd get one point, And at 30 feet, you'd get 30 points if you got one in. And so they said, okay, you know, divvy up and find where you want to toss your, your five little bag, bean bags from. And you know, me, I was like, no guts, no glory. I went, I'm going straight for the 30 mm-hmm. and boom, 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 through all five and didn't hit any. I was like, oh, okay, bummer. Some people went, you know, halfway through, some people went towards the end and there were some that just went for the three foot. So they tallied up the, the results at the end, and guess who scored the highest out of everyone in class? Uh, the tortoise. The tortoise won. They, the tortoise beat the hare. <laughs> yeah, the tortoise beat the hare. The people that chose the three-foot toss had the most points, and they wanted to show us this in relation to our lives and trying to create some change in our lives because it's so easy to think, oh, you know, I want to start this grand business or I want to lose 50 pounds or I want to get into a new relationship or whatever it is. And it's like, it's this huge undertaking. And what can you do that is a three foot toss? And a three foot toss means is something that is a slam dunk. There's, there's virtually no chance that you can miss. Right. So in relation to, uh, fitness, for example, a three foot toss would be something like, can I call a trainer today? 
that's it, you know, or like, can I mark down um, a, an, an exercise commitment in the calendar? Just writing it down, right? right? It's like, it's something that is, is absolutely a slam dunk in terms of like finding your life partner. Can I spend 30 minutes uh, researching um, dating sites? Like all these things that is like very, very, very doable. Mm. Right. And I'm sure you know this from fitness too. It's like someone comes in with these grand ideas of like what they want. It's like, okay, what can we do today that you have 100% confidence in yourself that you can do? Mm. Okay. And this, and, and what, and, and asking that same question across the next week, because everyone will say, okay, I'm going to work out five times this week and it's like okay back up yeah. <laughs> you know like what what are you 100 percent confident that you can do this week and oftentimes it's 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 not all that um you know they're not that proud of it they're like well i could go for a walk you know like i know i could go for a walk like once and it's like okay that's an improvement from last week Right. If that if that feels like a slam dunk, there's you know, there's almost no chance that that you you could fail at that. That's what you should do. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So I think that's about it for today. Um, you have anything else to say, Jorge? No, I was just I was loving what he was saying because people don't realize that it's the little things you do that put you in the position you're at, and if you yeah. just take one little action. And it's it's the momentum, and you continue it. Yep. Like you said, if it takes – just it doesn't have to take much time. Uh, I know in one of my coaching things we talked about just 15 minutes, something that takes no more than 15 minutes. And just that momentum every day is huge, huge. Yeah. 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 So that's it, that's it guys. Uh, you don't have to swing for the home runs all the time. Just those small little steps. Uh, get on base, you know. I guess that's the yeah, that's kind of exactly. that's kind of the most important thing out there. And um, remember that healing is a process for you know for for everybody to take on themselves. And learning is a process for everybody to take on themselves. And it's not that you can find the guru outside of you. The guru is always within. Is, is that a pretty much a pretty good recap of what, what we're talking about today, Ryan? Beautiful, uh, beautiful. Person. Okay, okay. I guess I list the Ram Dass also. Are <laughs> 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 uh, you gonna call it foo foo and hippy dippy? I know, Jorge. <laughs> I, I, I love it. I love that little hippy dippy. I'm gonna, you know, I live hippy dippy. <laughs> okay, so that's it, guys. Uh, thank you very much, viewers, for tuning in this week. Um, Richard, Jorge, of course. Um, Ryan Brewer, the great Ryan Brewer, not the great. It's not. <laughs> great. It's not about him being great. It's about him just being there and, and giving love to giving love to the people that he worked with. And and that's it, guys. Um, go out there and always be limitless. Take care. Thank you, guys. Thank you. <laughs>